0: It's time for a wellness, it's a wellness revolution. Brought to you by Hotze Health and Wellness Center. Honest discussion on maintaining health and wellness naturally to enjoy a
1: better quality of life.
0: He's the doctor fighting to let you keep your doctor.
1: Now, Dr. Stephen Hoetze. Welcome to Dr. Hoetze's Wellness Revolution. I'm Stacey Banfield here with Dr. Stephen Hotze founder of the Hoetze Health and Wellness Center. And as always, you can download our podcast at HoetzePodcast.com. That's H-O-T-Z-E podcast.com, where well, we have got a very, very interesting guest today, Dr. Micah And her claim to fame, if you want to call it fame, is she worked with Dr. Fauci for 20 years, so she has a lot of information to share. Enjoy the show.
0: Thank you, Stacy, for that kind introduction, and thank each one of you for joining us today on Dr. Hozzi's Wellness Revolution. We have a marvelous guest on today, Dr. Judy Mikeovitz. And Dr. Mikovits is a renowned uh, individual who is a uh, doctor of biochemistry and molecular biology, but she's renowned over the last year particularly because she's been an outspoken advocate in opposition to all this COVID madness, the scandemic, the pandemic, and she's explained to the common folk like you and me, Exactly what's happening in the biology, in the biochemistry of the body through this COVID virus, through the uh, attempted lockdowns and the masking and all this other ineffective uh, uh, orders that have come down from the government. And then on the treatment of the coronavirus, as well as this genetically modified experimental injection that's being promoted by the health authorities. So uh, Dr. Mikovits does have a, a degree in biochemistry, a, a doctorate degree, and uh, she worked at the nat- not only at the National Health Institute but the National Cancer Institute, and she worked in her research for 22 years in NIH with none other than Tony Fauci, Dr. Fauci, and she knows him very well having worked with him many years there when they were working on the AIDS epidemic back then, and she'll talk a little bit about that. So, Dr. Mikovits, I just want to say welcome to the program and thank you for your courageous and bold leadership in warning people about this particular scandemic, pandemic that's been perpetrated as the greatest hoax upon not only the American public but upon the world.
1: Well, thank you so much, Dr. Hotsi. I'm, I'm really honored to be with you and, and, and appreciate all you've done uh, for natural medicine um, uh, for, I know, decades for your entire life and, and how, like me, you do that all, you know, um, for, for the glory of God and, and, and Jesus Christ. So I, I really appreciate your, your passion uh, and, and everything you do for people, for humanity.
0: Well, you're most welcome, and it's a privilege and honor to do it. So, Judy, tell us about your background, Dr. Mokovic. Tell us your background, how you got into the line of work you were in, how you got into biochemistry, what you did, and how this led you to be in a position right now where you were one of the leading spokespeople in the whole world warning about not only what has happened to us, what could happen to us, the warning about the experimental genetic modifying injection that's being encouraged and eventually may be forced upon the public.
1: Uh, yes, uh, exactly. I'm. Um, I'm. A, my undergraduate degree, um, which I got, literally May 18th. 1980. 41 years ago today, um, I graduated from the University of Virginia with a degree in chemistry and a specialization in biology. Um, And I went to University of Virginia to study um, chemistry. Um, They didn't have a biochemistry degree there. So I just I like everybody to know how old I am (laughs) because you can't get a whole lot by me. (laughs) Because and, and this is the key with with working with, um, you know, these agencies like National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, which Tony Fauci has been in um, the in my entire career. Um, he's he's been in National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. He's 80. I'm 63. So I was a nothing woman technician. You know that that these these um gatekeepers, these opportunistic infections, I call them, um, uh, like to bully. Um, But um, fortunately, you couldn't bully me. Um, (laughs) uh, My mom trained me well. Um, At any rate, uh, that that degree, I started working June 10th, 1980 at the National Cancer Institute in fermentation chemistry. So my job was to make medicines out of plants and oh, some animal cells and using making animal and human biological response modifiers. That is purifying proteins um, that regulate and and normalize and uh, modulate our immune system and using them therapeutically. That first job was. Um, was um, Interferon. And and so the reason I ended up at Fort Detrick was um, Interferon was the magic bullet, the big if, the cover of Time magazine, um, March 31st, 1980. So all the way back then, I'm thinking, well, what am I going to do? I'm not going to get into medical school because of misogyny. Um, uh, believe it or not, there were chemistry professors um, at the University of Virginia who were determined to make certain that women didn't get into medicine i guess maybe because we have hearts yeah. um, and souls <laughs> at any rate um so i i wasn't going to get into medical school so i saw that on the cover of time magazine and i had a choice between doing chemistry and oil in texas or or pursuing that so on memorial day weekend of um of 1980, um, there was an ad in the Washington Post where I grew up in the Washington area, and they were looking for a, a chemist to purify interferon at Fort Detrick at, at the National Cancer Institute. And that started this journey of of really understanding, you know, you know, the nature of the beast. And every step of the way, God led me to where I saw the corruption. I saw, you know, uh, you know, Tony Fauci's 80 years old. And so he doesn't care about a woman technician. They're they're the elite. They're at the top. They're with Dr. Gallo, who perpetrated the fraud um, on on HIV/AIDS right. patients and and the criminal activities, um, trying to get credit and money uh, for the discoveries of Luc Montagnier and Francois barre see over in 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 France. So, you know, I was thrown into this fire from the beginning, um, looking at interferon, type one interferon on very, very low dose and how effective that was um, as a therapy. It's, it's very interesting in watching your documentary um, when I was introduced to your work um, uh, with, the, with the woman who you healed from the multiple sclerosis, and she was put on interferon therapy. I'm not sure which which type of interferon, but um. It, it, and and it, it caused her to really not be the same person and her husband said no we can't do this anymore right. and 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 we've got to go natural so it's not that these products aren't useful it's that they use them very high dose and not the right formulation like you mentioned injection oh type 1 interferon is your frontline immune response well at any rate i stayed in the game for <laughs> for um 10 years as a technician working with dr frank Rossetti who was an honest and, and still remains probably the only man I've ever worked for, the only person I've ever worked for with integrity. So along the way, every time I um, I witnessed anything unethical, anything, um, I, I just didn't participate. Um, many times I got rift, reduction in force, lost the job, ended up in another place, or um, lost my temper and lost the job and ended up in another place. But uh, one of those events I was working for, a pharmaceutical company, Upjohn, in Michigan in 1987. And basically, they were making GMO um, um, somatostatin growth hormone, bovine growth growth hormone, so that they could fatten up the cows. And my job was simple and have them make more milk. My job was to see if um, bovine growth hormone from cows that produced um, would hurt humans. And of course, it destroyed their metabolism of fat so that people would end up being, oh, huge with diabetes. Very very, very fat because the balance in the pathway between the hematopoietic, the blood stem cell, and the mesenchymal stem cell, which controls bone growth, is some of those immune regulatory pathways. So I'm sorry I talked too much. But at any rate, um, I I basically said um, my data shows that it hurts people and you need to stop this altogether. Of course, they didn't want to do that. Um, so, um, they told me I was morally, ethically and legally, um, required to do exactly as they say at which point um, I think I threw that notebook at the boss <laughs> and, and and the good Christian man who was the head of um, human resources was kind enough to say um, I get it Judy but you can't throw things at your <laughs> boss and, and and I said that's okay I got to go anyway I've got to move on and and so I got the calling that it was time for me to go back to graduate school and um, so I started entered GW and uh, um, at the the time we knew HIV. Um, only infected one in 10,000 T-cells and all the therapies were used wrong, like that type one interferon, way too high a dose, a way different time in the, in the disease, in the infection. You know, you needed low, 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 low dose. It cost pennies, pennies, literally, to protect people as we now hear with hydroxychloroquine and everything. Well, the, the medical profession said all the T-cells were dying and only one in 10,000 was infected. And so what that said to me is there's another shooter, you know, a sniper really in the immune system that's dysregulated and not modulated. Um, And we pursued that hypothesis, identified um, dormancy, the silencing of the virus by our God-given mechanisms for silencing pathogens, for expression, how the expression of our virome and our microbiome actually um, educates our immune system. So these low-level expressing of these various viruses and 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 the communication between our 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 um, molecular uh, machinery at that very molecular level, it's the balance that's disrupted. So I proved that altering the silencing, altering the expression of the genes, and, and and allowing the monocyte macrophage, your frontline innate immune response, to be dysregulated was the disease AIDS. It was not the infection HIV. And it's so critical because as you were introducing this with SARS-CoV-2, SARS-CoV-2 is not COVID-19. It is not a causative agent. It, it, um, it never was, in fact, um, because in order to be a causative agent, everyone with evidence of infection has to have the disease. And we know essentially no one with evidence of infection has the disease. You can talk all day about the fraud of the testing and the evidence of infection doesn't really matter. The simple fact is the only people who get sick terribly sick and die from this and don't develop a a curative lifelong immune response um, on on many levels are are those with comorbidities, are those with other inflammatory diseases. In the middle of the word, inflammation is flame. And for those people throwing a SARS-CoV-2, any type of RNA virus, on into the mix it without in is is like throwing gasoline on a fire. So you throw gasoline on a brush fire. So what you do in your practice is to make sure your patient's immune systems are 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 restored to balance um, and the regulation of the hormones. So what did we learn with my Ph.D. thesis? How did we stop the spread of AIDS? Oh, suppress the barren immune response with steroids, very, very, very low dose steroids and stop the expression of the virus, whether through natural products like that type 1 interferon um, or through drugs like the um, you know in, that, in the case of 19, in, in 1990s, it was the um, antiretroviral therapy, which again, AZT, some of the other drugs, weren't nofavir and things, they weren't bad drugs. They were used at the wrong time in the infection. They weren't used properly. So after I got my PhD, um, I went and further explored which, which, which uh, solutions could go. Peptide T was a, dr- a drug, a peptide, a natural occurring peptide that we developed with Candice Pert again and Frank Rossetti. Um, and, and that never made it to market nor did type one interferon. So we're thinking about the corruption, the plague of corruption, the pandemic that is COVID-19. But what I realized from my work, you know, until 2011, when I really, I mean, 2001, when I really couldn't stand the corruption anymore. Um, I, I just, I, I got married <laughs> uh, and, and moved to California. My, my mentor, Dr. Rossetti said, I fell in love with California before my husband. And I, I chuckled a bit. And said it really doesn't matter. I'm out of here. <laughs> Just but uh, and and my husband's a fabulous, sweet man, as, as most of your audience knows from our books. So at at any rate, I at, at the end of that 20 years in 1999, I was appointed the director of the lab of antiviral drug mechanisms. So so we had, had to understand how the virus dysregulated the immune system, the endocannabinoid system, the endogenous opioid system that. Is is your endorphin that runner's high, and and the and the HPA axis hormones, um, hy- hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenals, understand all of that and 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 modulate that, um, and 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 folks would never get AIDS. And this is where we are in COVID nineteen. So the problem with Tony Fauci and and Bob Gallo and others at the top of that corrupt old boys network, I call it, is that. They, their goal was to keep people sick and make a lot of money on these drugs. They didn't use them right. They didn't use AZT right. They used it high dose at the wrong time. Well, um, interestingly, we never vaccinated an HIV infected individual. Um, we kept the immune system quiet because it's not the infection. It's keep it dormant. Use the steroids, use the antiretroviral therapy, and then use an immune therapy or a vaccination strategy to to have the appropriate and healing immune responses, um, uh, deli- you know, to the patient. So there, there simply isn't one size fits all, and and we saw. We just, I just saw over the last 30 years the, the plague of corruption. Tony Fauci funded many of our studies. So when we say work with and how he participated in things like the gain of function studies where he's been lying, um, you know, for the last year and a half um, at, at the cost of millions of lives. You know, when you fund a study, you're the boss. I don't ever have to talk to him and I don't know him well because that's not the type of individual I would ever um, associate with. I don't work with liars, and and, um, and uh, I've only had several interactions, um, and and they didn't go well. They were ugly, as we described in the as I described in the movie Plandemic, which was actually aired. Uh, May 4th of of 2020. And its it's intention was to be a promotional video for our then um, newly released April 14th of 2020 book called Plague of Corruption. And interestingly, Plague of Corruption was actually in press October 2019. And supposed to be published in november of 2019 well i i like to say god has a sense of humor because plague of corruption and i i had made i'd had those conversations with with mickey willis of elevate films the the producer and the genius behind those two films um pandemic and pandemic indoctrination with with david martin um which i understood yesterday just won the european document documentary of the year so okay tell us
0: about to, tell us about that particular tell us about the documentaries that have been done that you've been in and the books that you have written <laughs>
1: Yes. So in in 2011, I was actually arrested. I was being funded by Tony Fauci at that time. In 2006, I had co-founded the first Neuroimmune Disease Institute, where we were looking at diseases like multiple sclerosis, like myalgic encephalomyelitis, which is also inflammation of the brain and the spinal cord, a similar but overlapping disease pathology, things like lupus and all of that. Well, we very very quickly found that a a new family of viruses like HIV, uh, a a retrovirus, um, could actually dysregulate the immune system and cause that inflammatory cytokine storm and, and that those viruses were being acquired. These are acquired immune deficiencies. So those viruses were acquired and it looked like most likely way over the last 30 years as these women have been marginalized as chronic fatigue syndrome or crazy or chronic Lyme disease or any, any other thing. Um, uh, uh, at at any rate, they, um, they they had that inflammatory cytokine storm. So we we published the isolation of a new family of AIDS-like viruses, acquired immune deficiency RNA viruses, um, and and in the journal Science. And over the course of the next year, we found these diseases. These viruses were associated with the explosion of chronic disease, chronic, neuroimmune disease, cancer, psychosis, um, Gulf War syndrome, autism, um, and and it was that same imbalanced response to the virus? That same flame that never went off. So, um, we were told to renounce these data in two thousand eleven because it was clear that the blood supply was heavily contaminated, which we want to talk to about today, and that the. Um, and that the, the most likely way these viruses entered the human population at a level of 6%, 6, four to 6%, that's 25 times HIV at the height of infection. And look here in this country and look at the cost to this country. So Tony Fauci and others had perpetrated fraud starting with HIV, like they're doing with COVID. And then they went to you know H1N1, um, yeah, swine flu, bird flu, um, Zika, Ebola as they um, continue to, you know, knowingly continued through 2011 to um, infect people with aborted fetal tissue cell lines, other animal and other human viromes, which totally dysregulated this system, depending on um, how, the how were they, in, how were they, in,
0: how were they infecting humans? How did they do that?
1: Um, infection by injection inoculation in vaccines ah, in a contaminated blood okay. supply that had been contaminated since the 80s so at any rate we were told to cover up the data we were told we were forced to retract the data. Um, we were hammered I refused to re- I refused to recant um, I was fired all my funding removed by fauci all my um, literally all my uh, work, um, what's the the best word to say? Um, simply taken out of the literature as if, I was literally taken erased as if I never existed in that 33 at the year at the time profession, um, which was very painful. I was jailed. I was held in jail without my constitutional rights or any kind of due process. I was arrested without a warrant. This is all the subject of the movie, Pandemic and our first book. So there in 2011, after I got out of jail, uh, Ken Tech and Lively, uh, one of my heroes, um, a parent of an injured child and an attorney, I was told I could not talk, text, email anyone who was not my attorney or family or I'd be put back in jail. And and I said, "Oh, that's ridiculous," you know, because they'd find some new thing I did wrong. And I said, "Oh, oh, that's ridiculous. I didn't do anything. There's no new thing." And he said, "Well, there was never anything you didn't do anything the first time, did you?" So Kent and I began. He said, "Judy, I'm a lawyer. Let's write some books." So we wrote, we told every second of the story, he, he listened to me talk, he listened to me scream in one ear, and his severely injured daughter scream in the other as we drove around our car, and he taped conversations about um, literally everything in that 40-year career, and that became the subject of the book Plague, which published... Um, and and I put some on the screen. I put a picture of the cover of all three of our books. So plague published in November 18, 2014. Um, but on no I, uh, in August of 2014, I met Brian Hooker and realized that these viruses, these these um, uh, mouse animal viruses, were. Contaminating, we're infecting people by way of vaccines, not the contaminated blood supply, I thought, because when I showed the blood supply contaminated, I also showed them how to clean it up, because that's how Dr. Rossetti taught me. Don't find a problem without offering a solution. Um, so at any rate, um, so our first book was Plague of uh, Plague. Our second book was Plague of Corruption. We wrote it starting literally August 31st, um, 2014. Um, we finished it in 2019, and all across the way, I learned the wider and wider umbrella of this plague of corruption, how Vaccine Court, the National, Injury, National Vaccine Injury Compensation Act, signed in 1986, removing all liability from vaccines. So I, I served as an expert witness um, in that court from 2015 to 19, and I saw the corruption. And I also saw the cytokine storm and I also saw the v- vulnerabilities and, and how the government, the HHS, Health and Human Services, the whole umbrella controls that cord. And all of this is in our book. So all of that was done. We were making a video. Just for to, to promote the book, so people would learn. And this was well before COVID. In fact, before Event 201. And that's when Mickey Willis realized what was going on. He um he we expanded the video. It came out May 4th, and it was you know the most heavily censored and the most viewed documentary of all times. One more than one billion people saw that 27 minute promotional video, and then the full length indoctrination that came out August 18th of 2020 um, is the end of the story. But there you could see Dr. David Martin, just brilliant job. He'd been following Fauci for 20 years, showing the patent fraud of Fauci, Moderna, showing the collusion, the gain of function studies. And of course, we've just kept talking because that's why it is a pandemic and a scandemic. And that 6% of America that is infected with the XMRVs, with the mouse viruses, with the monkey viruses, with the other animal viruses, um gamma retroviruses that are part, the are part of the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein, as is HIV. So those are the people that the shot will kill. And what will you do? You'll bury the evidence of the crimes committed against humanity.
0: Mm. That is one chilling story. So tell us again where we can re where we can find the documentaries and the name of them again. You've got Plandemic, and where can they where and then you yep. then you've got uh, Plandemic Two. What, are, what are, uh,
1: you've got Plandemic and and Plandemic Indoctrination, and you can find both of those at PlandemicSeries Okay, and it can be downloaded to your computer for free. And at the bottom of the site, you can download all of the interviews with the various people who were in those movies. So it's a it's a downloadable site. You can also find it probably on BitChute
0: Okay, and what about the books you've written? Name the name the books you have written, and tell us where we can purchase those.
1: Well, our books, Plague, this is the first one. Right. Plague of Corruption is now the New York Times bestseller. And the last book which I'm which I'm finishing as we speak and will be published in early August is called ending plague a scholar's obligation in an age of corruption what do we do how do we end this and make sure it never happens again so those can all be found um, at amazon Um, they can be found um, you can pre order and that's the way that your listening audience or viewing audience can help us the most is pre-order from amazon ending plague um, Francis Rossetti is the first author. Um, uh, Judy Mikowitz and of course Kentech and Lively are on that book so if you search it and you pre-order it it can't be censored and that's how we won with plague of corruption It was sold out April 15th and so everybody wanted the book that nobody could get after they saw the movie Pandemic, the first part in may, on may May 4th of 2020.
0: Dr. Mikevitz, right now, there is a massive, coercive attempt to mandate, to force individuals to take this experimental gene-modifying COVID-19 injection. Now, let me ask you this, is the, is, in your opinion, does the covid 19 virus really exists or is it a bioweapon that's been seeded into the population that's spreading what exactly what exactly is your opinion on the particular uh, cause of the of the disease that some period people are having is it just the annual flu that we're experiencing and they're using the cPR test to say it's covid uh, is that is that what's happening? Give us your medical opinion, your scientific opinion on what is happening and what people are experiencing currently with this so-called scamdemic, which, uh, you know, it's yeah. been totally blown out yes, of proportion. That, what, tell me what your thoughts are on that.
1: So here's how we say about SARS-CoV-2 existing. Yes, the virus exists. No, it's not a human, it, it's not a human infection. It's been grown, cultured, manufactured in monkey cell line called Vero. That's the same cell line that our polio vaccines are made in and many other vaccines. So this cell line has been, um, has been in use in, in, in my world. I use this in the 90s to culture bat tissues and study Ebola there at Fort Detrick. And so um, this cell line is used, and that's what people don't appreciate, that this is um, grown in 100 liter fermenters all the time. So does the virus exist? Yes, but it's a monkey virus. Is it? Has it ever been shown to infect humans person to person, to spread to humans person to person, um, and cause the disease called COVID nineteen. No, not a shred of evidence. So yes, the PCR test. Yes, you, you said CPR, but we we often need CPR after. I said um, P- participating I, I, I meant PCR. if I said that, I meant
0: <laughs> I meant uh, PCR instead of CPR.
1: <laughs> PCR, yeah. But we need CPR as well as we live through this. <laughs> um, at, at any rate, um, that the PCR test is um, is literally fraud, because it's it's detecting the monkey virus, and um, it's detecting a fragment like uh, one one ten one percent. Of the virus. It's 100 base pairs to 200 base pairs of a 20,000 base pair nucleic acid, is what a base pair is. The DNA, the the blueprint of the RNA virus there, the SARS CoV 2, that virus's blueprint um, is uh, um, 20,000 sequences, 20,000 base pairs for their nucleic acids. So you look at 10% of that which there are thousands of coronaviruses. So you're looking at one less, even if it's 10%, but you're really looking at about 1%. You're looking at the variable domain, as in an antibody's variable domain, um, that just a little piece of that envelope, that spike protein. That spike protein is, is literally manufactured in the lab, in the cell line, and humans don't have it. But, but because of the way they did the test, and then you look at a conserved region, that humans if pos- would pos- probably test positive to that as they... Um- as, as we've all been infected and in, in cleared coronaviruses. Now, the problem with the spike protein is it contains those gamma retroviral sequences that are part of our genome called syncytin, the human gamma retrovirus W, HERV it's called, human endogenous retroviruses. We're given by God you know, in the beginning Endogenous retroviruses that are always expressed at a low level because they regulate our innate immune response, that type one gamma interferon, those natural killer cells that are trained. They surveil all our tissue surfaces. All, it's like a little, a little Pac-Man. It's your military. It's, it's your, your strength in your immune system, God given. It's scanning all the time for thing, for toxins. Viruses are, are poisons. So it's, it's looking for all kinds of, of toxins, whether pathogen-associated molecular patterns or danger-associated molecular patterns. So we have all kinds of redundant pathways We never need worry even about an engineered virus, and that's really important. So the PCR test is 97% false positive because it was amplified into the noise region. It was amplified to the point where, like, if you turn up your radio, all you hear is static and you can't hear the words you and I are saying because you are only looking at 100 base pairs, and we have many, many pieces Um, miles of DNA bases that could cross-react. So every time you amplify it, you only have a couple of seconds to make the decision, is that product there? And so every successive cycle will give you more and more false positive signals that'll continue to get amplified. So here in California, when When uh, four diagnostic labs looked at the sequence that was in between those two primer pairs, zero were SARS-CoV-2, 100% were either influenza A or influenza B. So I hope I've answered that question that, yeah, this is the flu and it's been called covid and, and every level of our government covered up, and we've known this over and over, what COVID is, die with it, die of it. And so this is a case-demic, a plan-demic, a scam-demic, and, and they're targeting the drugs and, and now have made um, this inoculation, this injection, where you're literally injecting the disease, the causing entity. If you inject the spike protein alone, and we've known this since 1982, the, the spike protein alone causes the disease. Well, how does that get into humans? Has to do it through a virus vector, as we call it, to carry it into, uh, and then it has to replicate and make a particle. And that's just never been shown. So they scared America and the world or, or um, mandated to the world um, that they cripple their immune systems, you know, isolate at home or get this shot. So the world has now been forced, hundreds of millions of people, to be injected with the disease. They will test positive if they've had that spike protein um, injected or the messenger RNA, the blueprint that translates, what is a PCR looking for? Oh, a messenger RNA, they injected it. So of course you're gonna test positive. That's, you know, and yes, that's the disease. Did you ever get SARS-CoV-2? Nope. So they're 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 twisting the words in line. And and this is why we keep talking, because Tony Fauci knows it. They've admitted it. Everybody's admitted it. Everybody can see it. You know, the emperor has no clothes. And yet um, we're all fo- we're all fooled or scared. I think I think of Joshua in the Bible because, you know, Christians are just good people. And so the uh, bad people come um, <laughs> their face and looked like they were hungry and poor. And um and, and, and Joshua, um, you know, uh, you know, trusted them without discernment, without looking at the data. And there you are 70 more years um, um, in exile. And so that that is, you know, we what what is the message we've been sold? Oh, wear a mask, masks save lives. No, they don't. masks cause disease. Um, oh, it's polite. To, you know, oh, it's kind. No, it's not. It's deadly. I'm not kind to you if I put on a mask. Who tested positive? for activating their dormant viruses. Oh, the ones that would, remember, all you have to do is keep them silent. It's not their presence. Oh, wear a mask and you will cripple your God-given frontline immune system and you will test positive. The people not wearing masks don't test positive for anything. So we can empower people through educating, um, you know, to stop these practices. We have nothing to fear.
0: Okay. Now this is interesting. Once we take the uh, injection, which contains the lab-based and lab-generated mRNA, which is a genetic code, right. and it hijacks the cells, and the cells start producing the spike protein, which is the dangerous portion of the of the uh, so-called coronavirus. That's it's the spike protein that causes the problem. So what Correct. we what we have really done is we have created a whole host of viral manufacturers or spike protein manufacturers in the population that are going to be making spike proteins which their immune system is going to attack and it's not going to prevent you from getting a virus when you come in those spike proteins are going to bind to all your cells in your body wherever there's a receptor it will bind to it predominantly lungs heart uh, maybe in the uh, female organs and male uh, sexual organs it will bind there, B and, cells. and then what's going to happen yep. is, uh, is your natural killer cells are going to attack those cells and cause autoimmune disease, and this may happen, you know, in the short, you may have problems in the short term. Nobody knows over the next five years or ten years the adverse effects of this, but it's going to cause everything from neurological disorders to heart problems to, to lung disorders, kidney problems, And it's going to be so diffuse that they'll never say, well, it was caused by the vaccine. But because the vaccine produces a spike protein that attaches to all these cells and your body is going to fight off any abnormal protein, it's going to try to destroy it, especially when it's attached to the cell, it's going to try to destroy the cell. You're going to end up with autoimmune disease in some part of your body, if not all over your body, and increased inflammation. And you know, an immune system that's been dysregulated, hyper hyperactive, and paradoxically more uh, more susceptible to infection than it would be if you'd just left it well enough alone.
1: Is that correct? Perfectly said. Perfectly said. Because what happens? You exhaust. You exhaust the natural killer cells. You exhaust the innate immune response. Plasma dendritic cells make 97% of your type 1 interferon. And, and they will not respond if they're driven to make antibodies. So they get exhausted. So you're making antibodies to something you've never seen in nature. You're, but, but you injected every cell in the body and it simply becomes exhausted. Can't control the flame. The inflammation's too high. You can have a heart attack and die because your mitochondria simply can't produce enough energy to clear it.
0: Okay. Now when I ask you one last question, uh, what percent of the population over the next when is this going to happen you know you we've we've listened to dr yaden i've listened to you i've listened to dr Emerit, i've listened to sherry tenpenny and uh, dr bosch i've listened about in others uh dr shiva Uh, i've listened to numerous uh, scientists and physicians that i greatly admire who understand this and explain it like you know all my doctor friends they don't you know that they take the back they don't even know what's going on they they've never thought about this they've never done their homework and you have what are your predictions on the amount of death that we're going to see in america over the next year two years five years what do you think's going to happen what do you um, think's going to happen
1: i think six to ten percent of of america Those people who have those animal viruses already dormant in their body Um, Those are the people we see dying immediately. Um, And and that's already happened. Um, uh, There's reports. uh, I think just this week, the report was this um, was the deadliest vaccine ever. Four thousand deaths in VARES, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. And we know from published studies more than a decade that this reporting system is um, is one percent of the true so say half million people have already died in america if if four thousand people is what is said and one percent is true and so um six percent of america those 25 million americans that already have susceptibilities with an imbal- uh, to have that imbalanced host response they're not going to be able to turn off the flame they will um, either become um, desperately ill with their existing diseases or die. So that is 25 million Americans, that 25, and anybody with HIV, because there's HIV in that spike protein. So that um, that syncytin is your own endogenous. So as you mentioned, with young men and women, you'll make an autoimmune response. Young men and women heavily vaccinated, especially those with Gardasil, a similar lipid nanoparticle, um, virus-like particle that is the the packaging, the protection of the messenger RNA, that synthetic they can develop these autoimmune responses and and die. And we see the young women that you've seen on films with the Parkinsonian-like diseases, with the Huntington's disease, uncontrollable shakes, those almost immediate reactions in nurses and healthcare professionals who thought they were doing the right thing, that's a reaction to the lipid nanoparticle, to that polyethylene glycol and other parts of that, where 70% of America can have an anaphylactic shock-type reaction to that. So when you see that response in, in the first few days, that's to that lipid nanoparticle. So that's a lot of young women right now. It's hard to say, but 25 to 30 million Americans um, could be dead within the next two years. Mm.
0: Well, Dr. Mikovitz, you are a marvelous scientist with so much knowledge, so much expertise. And I was listening hard. And so I know for our listeners, this is a lot of this is new material to you. But Dr. Mikovitz gives you a warning that I give you stay as far away from this experimental gene modifying. Injection as you would a rattlesnake in West Texas, my friends. Stay alive and stay healthy. Get your immune system healthy. And you can do that very simply. Get on a good vitamin and mineral program ABCD, zinc, uh, N acetylcysteine. Get yourself on some magnesium probiotics. Get a good night's sleep. Exercise. Eat healthy. Cut your carbs. Get your allergies under control and treated. Balance out your hormones. Make sure your thyroid's in good condition and you're taking supplemental thyroid if indicated by your clinical symptoms. And get a, and um, that ought to take care of you. You'll be on a path to health and wellness. Your immune system be healthy and you'll be able to fight off anything that comes around the corner. That's what I encourage you to do. So thank you, Dr. Mikovits, for joining us today on our my. Health and Wellness Revolution uh, podcast. And we look forward to having you back soon. And we thank God for you and for your strong, bold, and courageous stand in warning us about the dangers of the uh, so-called experimental COVID-19 gene-modifying injection.
1: Thanks so much, Dr. Hotze. I thank God for you as well. Okay.